I believe that things happen in life for a reason and that we can't think of things that are happening to us as a bad experience, even though it felt really bad, because you have to look at it as just an experience. Because if you get sucked into the hole that it's a bad experience, then you're going to dwell on that negativity and it's going to really suck you down. Whereas if you just say, okay, this thing that's happening right now is an experience and step back and look at it. Okay, what am I learning from this experience? This is episode 225 and we are alive, baby. Woo! Ladies, welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast, your home for amazing, very real stories about phenomenal businesswomen in all sorts of different industries over all sorts of different parts of the world who are here to share the real stories of how they've grown their businesses so that you can take some practical ideas and go implement them in your business. Now, if you're just starting your business, there's an amazing resource that you can tap into. It's called How to Launch Your Brand Online. It is an ebook that I created just for you. If you wanna make sure that your business is represented very well and very effectively in the online space, including on a website, uh, on a blog, on social media, then being able to follow these very simple steps to be able to build up a customer base that is dying for exactly what you got, that's what this book is all about. Go find out more at bizwomenrock.com. What is up? I'm so happy you're here with me today because I have a great interview to share with you. Laura Berg is on the show. She's the founder of My Smart Hands. So uh, you're probably not uh, in the dark about this whole idea that uh, babies using um, ASL, American Sign Language, can um, can really help us communicate, right? And uh, we can know what they want at an early age. Well, Laura was a teacher. That's kind of what she was doing back in the day. And she fell in love with this idea of um, baby sign language even before she had kids. But when she had her daughter... She decided to teach her sign language and actually take her maternity leave and use that time to create an entire curriculum that would help people teach their kids sign language so um, they could communicate better. Now, what started initially as one class that she put on and got people to to be able to teach this information has now turned into over 200 classes that occur all over the globe, North America, and um, a book, uh, products on her website, uh, obviously to about 200 instructors that teach these classes. And uh, most unique and notably is the fact that she has uh, a very active YouTube channel with just over 30 million views on it. So this is nothing to sneeze at. (laughs) This lady knows what she's talking about. And in this conversation, there are a couple major points that we talk about, which is um, how she actually markets on YouTube, like what she really does other than just posting, how she has actually structured uh, her classes and her instructors, making sure that her brand is staying consistent over all these different classes everywhere, um, and how she spends her time now. This was the overall theme of this conversation 
which was, uh, and it's sort of embedded everywhere, is that she really only spends her time doing the things that she loves now. She's not in the daily muck of her business anymore. She has people to run it. And uh, and so she's in like heaven right now, uh, just basically doing her YouTube videos because that's what she loves to do. So uh, that's a place that so many women really want to get to in their business. So we really talk a little bit about how she got there and how she made that transition and how she's evolved in order to make the lifestyle that she has now totally viable. She is a massively successful business um, and she does spends her days creating videos, which is what she loves to do. So uh, enjoy this conversation. It's an awesome one with Laura. Laura, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, as an expecting mom, and I didn't tell you this right before uh, we got on, but I know that we've had some email communication about it. But uh, at this moment, I'm five months along. By the time people hear this, I will have had my baby. Or I will have just had my baby. So I'm particularly interested in what you're doing uh, personally. But from a businesswoman's standpoint, I got to tell you, as I was doing my research about you, I, I, I kept like uncovering layers of how you do your business which completely fascinated me. And I'm so excited to be able to bring that story to everyone today. I kind of want to start with the origin story, though. I wanna, how, how did you originally get interested at all in being able to teach in some way, shape, or form sign language for babies? Well, I was a teacher before I started my business. And I took ASL as a second language for my teacher education program. So I just fell in love with it and I kept taking classes and um, my principal had come to me and said, you know, the literacy program in our school isn't really working. Do you have any suggestions? Because I loved, loved the literacy program and nobody else did. <laughs> and so uh, I started doing research and I came across the idea of baby sign language when I was researching alternative literacy type programs. And so I fell in love with the idea. It made total sense that um, babies can communicate through gestures or signs mm -hmm. uh, before they can talk because it's the whole gross motor skills versus the fine motor skills. So it was kind of a natural, um, naturally fell into my lap, this passion that I now have. Wow. So what had you, were you a mom by then or like, uh, did you, were you like practicing on your own daughter at that point or was it just sort of like, hey, this is a great idea? Well, at the time I was, um, not a mom when I was doing all this research and I just thought I always knew I wanted to be a mom so whenever I came across anything baby mom family that type of thing it's <laughs> back to me because that was my goal <laughs> I was made to be a mom and and then when I did have my daughter I did sign with her and so ironically enough though that wasn't my first business idea um, you know my thing was I just wanted to stay home with her we had actually infertility treatment so it took me three years to finally conceive her so once I finally did I said I'm not going back to work I'm staying home with this child right. um, but you know we had to make money like I had to make an, an income so you know I tried selling clothes on eBay I tried uh, belly casting for pregnant women and you know I just realized it wasn't for me I hated shopping and I had no artistic <laughs> talent so both of those <laughs> things were terrible <laughs> ideas I know. And then somebody, it was actually a friend of mine that, you know, we were walking down the street one day having a coffee and I remember saying, I don't know what to do. I'm so frustrated. 
I need to come up with some business idea because I want to stay at home. And she said, why don't you teach other moms how to sign with your baby? Because she saw that I was doing it with my daughter. And she's like, you're a teacher. You have a degree in ASL. Um, kind of makes sense, Laura. Right. <laughs> so it was that, that it was a, that aha moment. And of course, that that's brilliant. So... It's so funny how sometimes, most of the time, we can't see like what what is right in front of us, right? <laughs> I know. Well, it's so funny that here I thought, while well, selling clothes on eBay would be a better choice than teaching moms how to sign with their babies because <laughs> I I really do hate shopping, so I don't know why I even thought that was a good idea. That is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why it's so important to have like smart people around us because you know, like most people, especially business people, I think tend to know this very well. Like if you get smart people around you, they'll constantly hold up mirrors around you, and that's what you need. You need to be like, oh, yeah, why would I even think that? <laughs> Here's a really good oh, idea. Perfect. 100%. Yeah. 100%. The biggest thing that I've done for my business is getting into a networking group because mm. for that exact reason, you know, you don't always analyze your business or look at your business in a way that other people do and can make suggestions for change for the better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, so where did you go from there? So you were like, okay, I had this aha moment. I'm going to do this. How? What was the first kind of um, uh, manifestation of you teaching sign language and how did you get that? Out? And for for business purposes, for profit, like how? what was the first manifestation of that? Well, I knew that I had to put together some sort of curriculum to teach these classes. So I had a degree in teaching, as I said, which – um, and I had a special that <laughs> I feel like it's a Monday morning and yet it's not. <laughs> That's okay. What everyone doesn't know is that I already had like blonde moments from hell for this whole pre pre talk. So don't worry. You're, you're good girl. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Good. Thank you. I uh, was a specialist in curriculum development, which is what I was trying to say. So developing a curriculum for me came very naturally, but it is very time consuming. So what I did is after I had my daughter, um, up in Canada, we get a year from maternity leave. So I was at home with her for the first year. And then I went back to teaching the second year. And during that year, I planned the curriculum. So whenever I had a spare moment, it was, okay, lesson one, what are we going to teach? And then getting photos and descriptions and just really compiling the core of what I needed in order to launch my business. And so I spent that good chunk of the year. And I was going to actually launch my business in September of 2006 because that's when our school year had finished and I had the summer and I was like okay I'm gonna post flyers and run classes and I was ready to go and I posted flyers around the neighborhood and I sort of advertised as much as I could and nobody registered for my classes no one and I, no one wow. uh, no 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 not one person and I was just like oh, I just spent a year planning this <laughs> how <laughs> I thought I was just going to push the button and everyone was going to go, yay, classes, let me sign up. And it just, it did not happen. And so I realized that running a business took more than just having the bones in place. You really needed to figure out how to run a business and how to market. I didn't know I was a teacher. I had no idea about marketing and all of that stuff. So I really had to learn and I, I then spent from September until January figuring out the whole marketing aspect of business. And then it was in January when I finally filled my first class and started teaching. And then the ball started rolling. <clears throat> so how exactly, with all the lessons that you learned throughout those months of, of researching the marketing, what made the difference? What, what did you implement that made people show up for that very first class? 
I think a big part for me was a lot of word of mouth networking with other businesses. So there was other music classes in my area, going and talking to the instructors, asking if I could come and talk to their classes about what I do. So just introducing myself as an instructor in the program and the things that they could learn in my class was very helpful. So it was really the, the networking component. Got it. Very cool. So you started out with classes and I want to make sure that people know kind of this, the where you are now so we get some sort of an idea of where you've come from since 2007. So where you are now is that you have you have over 200 instructors who now teach these classes all over North America. I was I was researching to find one that was in Florida. You have one down in like Miami Beach area and you have instructors who it's obvious take a lot of pride in sort of owning these classes. Um how many like how many different locations are you in right now? over well over 200 because all of my instructors teach in a few locations gotcha okay yeah so you have your classes you um you ended up being able uh, you ended up writing the baby signing bible you have products that are sold on your website uh you have an app which i thought was awesome and i definitely want to get into that um and uh and you have a very very lively uh social media presence um i mean millions and millions and millions of views on youtube videos that you have so i just we're going to get into all of that but i just really wanted to be able to kind of state the before and, and present timestamp as far as where you start you started with one class and now kind of here you are right now so i want to bridge that gap there in a lot of that stuff by asking um once you started doing the classes like when did you realize okay i need to scale this out more i need to i need to do it this way i need to do it that way i need to make videos like what what happened in that transitional moment well everything happened very organically and i just my strength was taking opportunities as they came to me so my idea was to just teach a few classes to float the boat out of my living room and then to go back to teaching in school when my daughter was in school. So this was not a long-term, I'm going to be this awesome entrepreneur. Um, it was just a means to an end at the time. And what happened was I had run into a lot of people who had heard of the idea of baby sign language but had never actually seen a baby signing. And so I, my daughter was a big signer. She was a big hand for the camera. So I sat her down and I took a video of her showing all of the signs that she could do. Because when she was one, she had over 50 words and or 50 signs, Wow! And which is a lot for a one-year-old to be able to communicate that much. So it made my life incredibly easy because I could say, what do you want? And she could tell me, basically. Right. And... Um, so I, I took a video and I posted it to YouTube. Again, this was a means to an end. I wanted to embed it in my website. So when I ran into somebody that said, wow, I've heard of that, but I've never seen it, I could say, go to my website and check out the video. Okay. And what happened was people started emailing me from around the world asking if they could be an instructor for my program or if they could take a class if I had instructors that taught in their area. And I was thinking, wow, this is amazing. This could be so much bigger than just me because... I have one video up and people are asking to be an instructor in my program. So I remember getting that first email thinking, program? <laughs> I, don't have, I, I don't have a program. I'm just teaching out of my living room. You know, and I, so that was that. I took that and ran with it and I created a really formal program. At the time, I was just using a clip art program with the pictures of the signs and, you know, just printing sheets off for the parents. Mm -hmm. So I had to really go back and polish it and you know take pictures of real kids and put them in replace the clip art so that they were all copyrighted to me and have it professionally printed so that it looks like a nice package instead of like just on my printer 
Um, so it was really that. That's how it started. And I got my first instructor and then my second instructor, and I just grew, grew, grew from there. How did you set up the business model for that? Meaning, how were you deciding how much these instructors were going to pay for your program? Or were they were there certain standards that they had to meet? How did you oversee like, okay, this is still my brand. So because this is it's a lot like almost licensing when you're doing that. Yeah. Like, um, so how did you how did you make sure that you were, uh, you know, coming up with the correct structure and pricing for that? Well, luckily for me, there were other similar type classes out there. So, you know, you kind of go with what's already set in stone and you can tweak it a little bit, but it already existed. The model already existed. Right. Gotcha. So you just kind of looked elsewhere and was like, okay, well, this is how much they charge for this. Okay. And this is how they deliver this. And this is how they make sure they check in on this. So, um, and have you had any hiccups even throughout all these years with maybe like an instructor that just didn't work out or somebody who was not representing your brand in the way that you thought was appropriate? You know what? I've been so fortunate, knock on wood. Our interview process is very strict. And so we don't just take anybody who can pay the fee. You have to have certain qualifications uh, in order to become an instructor with us. And we're very in touch with all of our instructors. So when you sign on with us as an instructor, we're in touch with you all the time. There's a big forum, there's network, and then a follow-up from my regional director who will say, hey, you know, if you're not teaching classes or if we have feedback that's not great, we'll get on there and say, can we offer you training? Can we support you? So mm-hmm. I have been very lucky. There was one person who who did, like, she was, she didn't, know how to teach a class and somebody a parent was not happy and she called me and she said you know she's not professional she's not this she's not that and I just thought oh my goodness this is terrible so what we did is we had an instructor that was within reasonable distance I don't put my instructors close to one another Mm -hmm. who was a seasoned instructor with me and she just went and sat in on a class and um, to see how she was teaching and what support she could offer her. So it's really, I've been very lucky and I have a great support system of instructors who also support each other. So, um, you know, I had one, one person call me from, I think it was Florida actually. And she said, Oh, the instructor never showed up for class and I can't get a hold of her. And, you know, I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, now I'm going to have to refund this woman's money and out of my pocket. And I didn't, the instructor collected the money. I didn't have the money. And it was just, I thought, what am I going to do? And then it turned out that on the, on the way to class, the instructor was in an accident. Oh no! (laughs) Yeah. So it wasn't even a, Oh, my instructor went MIA. It was, you know, and then the woman just felt really bad. It was like, I'm so sorry. Of course. <laughs> she was so angry, but then she realized that, you know, life happens. So yeah. you don't know yeah. when, um, as your classes were growing everywhere, were you still teaching classes or were you now kind of shifting to more of a, Hey, I'm going to kind of oversee all of this stuff and the continual build out of the company? Well, initially I was still teaching classes. I really enjoyed it. Plus I needed that money to float the boat because, you know, when you go into business, it, it's not an overnight success story, right? Some are, but, <laughs> but yeah, but most times you still need to, as I'm growing my business, you know, these women are growing their businesses. So mm-hmm. it's not like I could just stop working and, and focus on other things. However, now at that, I am at that point, I don't teach classes anymore and I don't even really run my smart hands as far as with the instructor network, doing the interviews and all of that. I have staff that do that for me. Right. I'm very hands-on with my staff, though. You know, I'm, she's always, we're always on top of things. She's 
telling me how things are going and, you know, if she has any problems or concerns, we're in touch daily practically. But that frees up my time to do the creative. So when I wrote the book, I wasn't teaching classes. I could just focus on writing the book. Um, and the YouTube channel actually takes up a lot of my time because I post two videos a week. Wow. So imagine shooting and editing two videos a week is very time consuming. You know, people don't realize sometimes now I work with brands, you know, and some brands will approach me and they'll say, you know, can you do a video and we'll give you free product for the video. And I'm just thinking, you have no idea to shoot a two minute video. It's like eight to 16 hours worth of work. It's yeah. very time consuming, but people just see a short little snippet of a video and think, Oh, that's, you know, that'll take her five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> not so much. Not so no. much. Um, let's talk about that for just a second. So you, I mean, you're definitely, um, how, how many overall views does your channel have? You're, you're in the space uh, of 30 like 20, million. 39 million. 30, 30 million. About 30 million. So, um, which is giant. So like, obviously, okay, like you said, like you have brands coming to you. What, like, what sort of deals do you work out with brands to be able to get, because you're having so many people look at your stuff. So like, how did, how do you structure, is that like a sponsorship that they're doing? Are they, like you mentioned, giving you product or are they, is there like a, you know, X amount of dollars for this type of visibility? Like, how did you work all that out? It depends on what it is, really, and and the budget of the brand and the expectation of the video. But yeah, it's just like a blogger working with brands on doing sponsored content. You know, they get paid to do the content. Right. So similarly, that's what happens for me. So, you know, um, if I do, we do a lot of travel videos now because that's sort of our passion. I love to travel. So I've really sort of steered my YouTube channel into allowing that to happen and if I get a free cruise to do a review, I'm not going to charge them on top of the cruise right, for the right. review. So it really depends on the product and, and the exchange. Oh, cool. Now, I want to talk about your app a little bit because I thought this was so cool. So, um, you know, it's it's not often that I see a company who has taken the time and the resources to really develop an app and have it actually work for them. And it seems like it really works for you. Um, talk a little bit about when you decided to do that and, and what really prompted that. You know, it was sort of back in the early days when apps were starting to be popular outside of just gaming as more of an educational platform. And I thought, oh, it would be really great to do, have my YouTube videos in an app, just ha having it at the tip of the parent's hands to be able to look up signs. And so I, I then produced higher quality video for the app and put it together so that parents could just easily access that. And, you know, in the early days, it was selling like hotcakes, like crazy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, over the years, more and more people have now saturated the market and it's not as, as great. It's still good, but it's a nice support system for parents who want more than just out, just the classes that they want to have more access to signs. How many, like, how many people do you, I don't know if you have these stats of like how many people have downloaded it after all these years? Oh, I don't know. I mean, at one point there was thousands of downloads a day. Wow. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, like, one thing that I've just always heard about the apps is that, you know, you have, um, you know, through YouTube, it's great, but your app is sort of your own platform. So it's all, you own everything. You can control the platform, all that sort of stuff. So it allows for a whole different sort of, arm to be able to kind of gather people into your funnel, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. I think it's just a branding tool too. You know, it's my smart hands app, my smart hands book, my smart hands here, my smart dancer. Right. It's just a branding tool, you know. Yeah, and that's one thing that I see that you do very well is that you definitely brand yourself in all sorts of different platforms, just to make sure that people know who you are, that they know that it's available. Um, so uh, it just seems like like you had mentioned before, like everything has been very very organic over all these years. Talk a little bit about your book, The Baby Signing Bible, at what point did you write that? And what sort of, um, what sort of like impact did it really have as far as like impacting your business? Well, for me, I remember pitching the idea of a book. And when I finally got a book deal, and I got a book deal in the US, which as a Canadian is a huge deal, because not very many Canadian authors can break that market. Mm -hmm. But it was because at the time, I had 10 million views on YouTube. So the uh, publisher saw the value and sales numbers in that. Um, So as a teacher, I like my head exploded when I got this deal. I was like, I'm going to be a published author. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty exciting, you know, to be able to say, oh, I'm an author. I'm a speaker. I'm an author. I'm a trainer. Like, it's fantastic. So, but I think as a branding purpose, it's great because it gives me such credibility. You know, she's the author of the baby signing Bible, the, the, be all and the end all book of signing. Right. So it's, you know, it just gives you such validation as the head of a company that clearly I know what I'm talking about if a publisher put money into me to write a book. Right, right. Do you, the thing I'm always curious about is because I think there's this big like misunderstanding that people think that when they launch this book, for the most part, the book is going to like it's going to fund them like that book is going to make so much money <laughs> yeah and you're laughing giving me the answer tell me the realities of that because yes it's a, what it, how does the book really work itself in your business is it a significant part of uh of you know your business revenue model is where does it lie no not at all it's when you write a book you, you can't write it to live off of it just very rarely is that going to happen you get such a small percentage of the sales of the book you know I did get it in advance which was fantastic but you're not gonna I'm not gonna recoup that advance for years because it just you get such a small portion of the net and not even of the gross sales so um if but for me it was all about the branding and the fact that it gave me that credibility so it definitely is not or was not, nor did I get into it for the money right. because I knew I wasn't, you know, under the illusion that it was going to give me money. It was a branding tool for me. Right. Laura, there's, I mean, there's one thing that I, it's just very obvious throughout this conversation is that as your business has evolved and all these different components of your business has have really, you know, launched and are out there and you've got all these kind of fingers out there. One thing that's really obvious is that you are no longer sort of in the everydayness of those operations. And I think that's a, that's that's a huge goal for a lot of women working in their businesses right now. So, can you I I'm sh- I know that that didn't happen overnight, but can you talk a little bit about maybe what practices that you've had that you had or attitude that you took to your business to get you out of the everydayness of your business? You know, the hardest part was the letting go, you know, when you raise your baby from the ground up, it's really hard to finally say, okay, I'm going to let my baby go into somebody else's hands. And, but that's the leap that 
I had to take. You know, I I figured, okay, what do I want to do? What I what do I want out of my life? What is making me happiest? And it was the YouTube videos. I really really love shooting videos and editing videos, and but it's almost a full time job if I want it to be. Right. And so, and you know, after a while, when you're running a business, it just for lack of a better word, it gets stale. Mm -hmm. So you're doing the same thing. So bringing in fresh blood to look at it in a different light and say, look, this is what we need to do to change or to inject it into something new um, really helps. So that was the biggest step for me was hiring the first person to come in and, and sort of take over operations. And she does things differently and she does things better in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, they always say surround your, make sure your team is better at everything than you are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, what about some of the tougher times that you've had over, you know, since you launched everything in 2007? What have been, describe like one moment that has been really low for you and how, how you've gotten through it. The lowest point by far was when I was sued by a very good friend of mine who we did the, our first app together. Ooh, that could not have been pretty. It was awful. It was really devastating. You know, it was a, uh, it, yeah, it was a very shocking experience that the person uh, served me with papers. And, you know, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just a baby signing mummy. Like, what, what, what is this about? But, you know, people get greedy and want more and feel that they're entitled to more. And, you know, the, the, the thing that sucks about the lawsuits is that if somebody sues you, you have no choice but to fight it. Right. You can't just put up your hands and go, you know what, I don't want to, or he's crazy. Um, You have to prove that he's crazy, (laughs) which means lawyers and legal bills. How long, how long did that take? How long was that process? Almost three years, two, two and a half years. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. It was awful. It was very emotionally draining daily. (laughs) It was so hard because it was really hard to find the passion for my business when I'm struggling so much with fighting over something that was so little, so silly. But it was a really great learning experience for me. When I got into business with my friend, we didn't have a contract in place because we were friends. We're just going to do this together. And it was like, we're all going to profit and it's going to be great. And it was great. And we did profit. And then, you know, he got greedy and wanted more and more and more outside of just the first app, right? Wow. And felt that he was entitled to more, which he wasn't. And so it because there was no contract in place, it was made it that much harder for me. So if I could give any advice to your listeners is if you get into business with anybody, I don't care if it's your spouse, it's your mother, it's your best friend. I do not care who it is. Have a contract in place. Even the the very basic, like on paper, this is what we agree to sign it, date it. You know, we didn't even have any of that. It was just conversations and all good. Mm. And at that point, it's like he said, she said, you know, you have to just figure out, you have to have somebody else, you know, figure out who who's right and who's wrong. A hundred percent. You know, it was the amount of emails that we had to go back through. Thankfully, I didn't delete any emails and just, you know, I had to print them off and highlight important parts. And can you imagine how time consuming that was? Yeah, no kidding. But my whole thing about what happened, you know, because it was very devastating, was that I believe that things happen in life for a reason and that we can't think of things that are happening to us as a bad experience, even though it felt really bad, because you have to look at it as just an experience. Because if you get sucked into the hole that it's a bad experience, 
then you're going to dwell on that negativity and it's going to really suck you down. Whereas if you just say, okay, this thing that's happening right now is an experience and step back and look at it. Okay, what am I learning from this experience? Well, I'm learning to always have contracts in place. Right. You know, I'm learning that perhaps this is preventing me from something way more catastrophic down the road when, you know, my business is twice the size that that it was at the time. Right. So what am I learning? So rather than letting it defeat you, just learn from it. I love that. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's, you know, it's always, it's that adage of, you know, your biggest failures are, are the biggest lessons that you, that are, are there to teach you. You just have to be aware of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I want to go ahead and conclude this conversation by asking you how you think that you've evolved most as a businesswoman throughout these years. Oh, I'd have to say that I'm a really killer marketer now. At the beginning, <laughs> I I knew nothing. I was like, I'm a teacher. I didn't go to business school. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, whereas now I'm a speaker on digital marketing, on video marketing. So I go around to conferences around the world and just talk about and train people on how to use that platform to market their businesses. And I've become an expert. I've actually got trained with Google uh, as a YouTube audience development specialist now. I have wow. a certification that says she knows what she's doing. And uh, it's just all about the growth. And I, I just have grown so much. It's amazing. What are you do? I want to dig into that just a real quick second. How, what are you doing? I understand in the very beginning, like it was sort of organic, like all these people were coming and finding you because there wasn't really a lot that existed out there about baby sign language. But you know, even now, what are you what are you doing other than just posting up a video? Like what are you, what do you do that other women can learn from for on YouTube to be able to make sure that people are actually coming and seeing their videos? Well, with YouTube, it's a very interesting platform because they have a lot of really great back-end tools as far as tagging and all of the C- uh, CEO type stuff. So it's it's very involved actually, but easy once you learn how to do it. So for me, when I post videos, I make sure that they're tagged properly. I make sure that they're titled properly, good thumbnails so that when you're searching it, the thumbnails attract people to click on that video. Um, but yeah, there's a whole, like when I went through the course, I, I learned so much about the backend analytics and really how to analyze that in order to guide your next video. And it's incredible, the whole video marketing aspect of things. Mm, I love it. Now, you originally started this business because you wanted a reason and a way to be able to make money and stay home with your kids. Uh, you have two kids now. What hit, what kind of looking back throughout all these years, what are you happy with how that was able to work out for you? Because I know a lot of people start that and then they get super busy kind of in the grind of bu- building their business. What what kind of attitude do you have about it now as far as what you've been able to create and how you've been able to manage being a mom amongst all of that? I'm so happy. I love my life. I love what I've created. And, you know, sometimes my kids will make me feel bad because, or or guilty, because, uh, you know, I've picked them up from school and we've come home and I've had to quickly send an email or do something. And they kind of, for a moment, they're like, Mom, you're always on your computer. You're always on your phone. And I have to check them and say, listen, you are not in an after school program. You're not in daycare. You are at home with me. So if I have to check my computer for five minutes or 10 minutes or half an hour, you go read a book or do a craft or something and you start <laughs> stop giving me that grief because you have a very blessed life. You know, you are a very lucky children. I love it. So I just, you know, their, their sense of reality is so warped almost because 
my husband also works from home. So they always have one of their parents at home with them. Wow. Or if there's a school field trip, one of us are always on that school field trip. It's very rare that we'll miss that. So, you know, their friends know us at school and we're very involved in their lives, but they don't get that that's not a normal thing. We'll take them on a month-long road trip in the summer because we right. both take the summers off. Yep. You know, and, and I say to them, this is not reality. This is not what happens in everyday <laughs> life. Like, you're going to have a rude awakening when you go out into the workforce and see what really does happen. So, yeah. but no, I love my life. I love the fact that I, I, I don't have to ask anybody permission to do anything. You know, I want to go and have a two-hour lunch in the afternoon. I'm going to go and have that two-hour lunch. Right. I want to take a long weekend. I'm going to take that long weekend. I love it. Laura, I want to thank you so much. It has been such an awesome conversation. And thank you so much for sharing so much about your story. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. What was most fascinating to me about that conversation was the kind of continual realization that I had in speaking with her that she really had done a very good job of growing the business so organically that she really was out of the daily grind of everything and she was super happy and even in the daily grind so many times on the show I get women who are in the middle of all of that you and I are often in the middle of all of that and I think it's this constant space that all of us really want to be which is uh you know I just really want to spend my time doing the stuff that I love and let my business kind of run itself right and she's done that very very well in a very unique model so um I just thought it was really great to be able to hear all the aspects of that model to hear how she spends her time and to hear, most importantly, how she has made that happen by truly delegating, by truly trusting other people with your baby called this business um, and really being able to do that well. So she does it very well, spends her time loving creating her videos uh, and she's just built a tremendous business, which I love being able to share with you. So I hope you have an awesome day and I can't wait to see you on the next episode.